sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two of a Friday. Yes, say it with me. A Friday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz network, that is Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Friday to send you into your weekend. We do that in a big way as baseball is back. The second half of this MLB season starts today with a robust and full slate on a Friday with aces around the card and everything you need to know as the diamond is our attention for our number two in the second half of this season starts but it's also a big weekend across the pond at the all england club the championships wimbledon in 2023 the third grand slam event in this year in the world of tennis we will have the final matches on saturday for the women's and on sunday for the men's draw semi-final friday for the men currently underway right now on this friday at the all england club on center court Novak Djokovic the heavy odds on favorite to win his 24th Grand Slam title is up by a set over Yannick Center right now and cruising in the second as well we'll break that down in just a moment but first a recap of the action yesterday on a Thursday the semifinal action that we had in the women's draw for the second consecutive day moving Ons. Ons Jabor has shown her resilience in the 2023 Wimbledon Championship, looking incredibly strong in the final set and a half to come back against Arena Sabalenka. Ons Jabor has now made it to her second consecutive Wimbledon final. She was the underdog yesterday against Sabalenka, plus 125. She lost the opening set in tiebreak fashion. She was down two games to four in that second set before rallying to appear in the second consecutive Wimbledon final for Anj Jabor. In the first semifinal that we saw yesterday, Marketa Vondrosova got the better of Alina Svitolina. Vondrosova was a slight match money line favorite around a minus one 30 number. She takes care of Svitolina in straight sets, becomes the first unseated woman ever to make a Wimbledon final. Svitolina's dream run ends in the semifinals. She gave birth back in October, and she still was able to get to the semifinals. She was 95 to 1 entering this tournament to win the final. Vondrosova, even larger than that. 120 to 1, and now Marketa Vondrosova will play for the Women's Championship at Wimbledon tomorrow on center court. And you can see the Marketa movement. A quick round of applause for our associate producer and tennis guy Joe Frizo here a ton of this information comes from him moving on for Ons Jabor qualifying for the Wimbledon final that's exceptional work Marquetta movement I mean they need to pay this guy more maybe uh, wait uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later anyway 12 to 1 to make the semifinals was Marquetta Vondrosova's price entering the championships Wimbledon 120 to 1 to win the title we will see if she is able to capture the women's championship at Wimbledon tomorrow. But 
on Jabor is a very heavy favorite right now to get her revenge and win Wimbledon last year. Of course, she fell to Elena Rabakina last year in the final, but she knocked off Rabakina in the quarterfinal round. She advances past Sabalenka, and now Ange Jabor is a minus 220 favorite to win the Women's Championship at Wimbledon. I bet her at 2-1, to one, plus 200 yesterday, entering the semifinal against Sabalenka. So I am saying, let's go, Ange Jabor tomorrow at Wimbledon. A welcome to our Sports Grid radio audience here. Hour number two of a Friday live on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. So here it is again. On Jabor for the Women's Championship tomorrow at Wimbledon on center court. She is greater than a $2 favorite. It was minus 210. It has now even grown more. Minus 220 against Marketa Vondrosova, who was 120 to 1 entering this Grand Slam. Jabor had the sixth best price, though, entering at 15 to 1. She would become the first Arab and first African champion in Grand Slam history in the world of tennis. Vondrosova, though, has already beat on Jabor twice this year. They will face off tomorrow for the title at Wimbledon on center court. Happening currently on center court, it's the men's semifinals on this Friday. Novak Djokovic looking to extend his historic run at Wimbledon, his fifth consecutive title, his eighth Wimbledon title overall, his 25th Grand Slam title, which would be the most all-time in the history of tennis, or excuse me, his 24th Grand Slam, which would be the most all-time in the history of tennis. He has a big lead right now over Yannick Sinner. He was greater than a $6 favorite before this match got underway. The live line, by the way, as he's up a couple of games here in the second set, already with a one-set to nothing lead is minus 40 or minus 4,000 excuse me on Novak Djokovic then in the second semifinal the matchup of the one seed in the men's draw against Daniil Medvedev the three seed in the men's draw it is Carlos Alcaraz the top ranked player in the world minus 255 against Daniil Medvedev in the second Wimbledon semifinal on this Friday on the men's slot side both Medvedev and Alcaraz have won one Grand Slam championship both at the U.S. Open, both hoping to reach a Wimbledon final for the first time in their careers. As you look at the futures, just here quickly where things stand. They're not available on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I joked about that. Novak Djokovic, though, was nearly a $2 favorite entering the tournament at minus 190. More of the morning after. Next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As we just broke down for you to start off hour number two of this Friday live right here on the morning after it's the finals this weekend at Wimbledon semifinal Friday right now in the men's draw Novak Djokovic about to take a two sets to none lead over Yannick Sinner in the first semi before Carlos Alcaraz and Daniil Medvedev face off on center court for that final spot in the men's championship on Sunday afternoon we already know who the women 
women's final is going to be. Anj Jabor facing off against Marketa Vondrosova. That happens tomorrow. And because of all of that, because of all the excitement this weekend at the All England Club in London, we were inspired to take it to the streets once again. Back to our ping pong table or tennis table, tennis table, if you will, on the streets of New York City, 34th and Broadway, live right here in Midtown. So that's what we did earlier this week. And we even dressed up for the occasion because it's Wimbledon, man. You got to do it. But instead of the All England Club in the grass courts, it's the hard knock streets of New York City and the ping pong table. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's rendition of Benny and the Bets. Where is it more difficult to win a championship? On the grass courts of the All England Club in London or on the ping pong tables of Midtown Manhattan? Inspired by Wimbledon, we're wearing the all whites today to answer that very question. How would you say your ping pong skill? Uh, beginner. Horrible. You're horrible? Yeah, I think so. You think you're going to beat me? No. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I could play you. What do you think of my all-white outfit for Wimbledon? Looks fine. It's fine. Just fine. Just fine. Looks good. Thanks, man. Oh, that's pretty tough, bro. I f with it. 10 out of 10 outfit. Thank you so much. You got the outfit on. I hope you could play. Oh! Oh! oh. Ace. Good serve. Good return. Match point on the line. Great game so far. This is very difficult. Oh my God. Oh, nice, beautiful. God, I mean, that's just luck. Oh, legitimately sweating. Zoom in, you see that? Sweat over my brow. They're making me run back and forth. I still think your game is trash. Oh, that thing again. Oh, oh. Turned it. You made that look pretty easy. Why was that so easy for you? I don't know. You think I'm trash? <laughs> no, you're probably pretty good. Last time we were here for the French Open, our associate producer, Joe Frizo, talking a lot of smack before the game, and I beat him down pretty good. So here we are, the rematch for Wimbledon. Frizo, sir. Damn it. No! Associate producer, Joe Frizo. Ben of Benny and the Best fame, it's 2-2. No, Ben, we can't be making errors like that. Oh! Great game. Champion. Feels great. Feels like redemption. This would have happened if we had. Ha <laughs> No, no, no. Oh, he's messing it. 3 0. Limber. Oh, the spin got him. Little spin on it. That was a great game. A great game, though. Great game. Great playing with you. Great game. I did it for Detroit. Did it for Detroit. How did it feel to lose to me? You know, it felt okay. it was okay. Did you have fun? Nah, um, I was just bad. I know. I'm sorry. Do you think my outfit was better after the game? Uh, no, I think it was worse. Uh-oh. I let him win. I let you win because you, won, you lost so many games today. That's very kind I of you. Thank you. Bye. How do you? I beat him. Beat him good. 
always a fun time out there in the streets of New York City. The characters that you will find when you anchor down on a ping pong table at 34th and Broadway, nothing better. There was an old guy that was just chirping free zone eye the entirety of our time there. And shout out to our camera guy, Ryan Herencier, who was there filming it all, post-game interviews, the live action on the table, tennis table, all of it. Shout out to Ryan as well. And yes, Frizo beat me. I got him good for the French Open after he was talking a lot of game, running that mouth. But then he got his revenge. And then we played one that he wasn't even taking seriously. I was up 2-0. He came back to beat me as well. So Frizo got the better of me. He's a better ping pong table, ping pong player than I am. That's all right. Here is where Frizo also excels in the world of tennis. Starting in just a little bit at Wimbledon, the second men's semifinal on this Friday, Carlos Alcaraz is the number one player in this championship. He's the number one player in the world. But Joe Frizo does not think it is Alcaraz's day at Wimbledon on center court. Like Frizo getting the better of me. I think he was probably the favorite and not the underdog. But he is going with the underdog today against Carlos Alcaraz. Daniil Medvedev outright. Money line winner plus 225. For Medvedev to qualify for his first ever Wimbledon final, most likely taking on Novak Djokovic, who is currently a minus 3,000 favorite live, up two sets to none over Yannick Center in the first men's Wimbledon semifinal on this Friday. Daniil Medvedev looking at some of that money line underdog price. And actually, Frizo, I don't know if you know this, I might break some news to you right now. The market agreeing with you, it's plus 205 now only for Medvedev as the underdog, about 20 cents of movement in the second semifinal against Carlos Alcaraz on center court. That match scheduled to start just a tad after 10.30 a.m. Eastern time, but that doesn't make any sense because it's 10.18 a.m. Eastern time right now, and they're not even done with the third set between Djokovic and Sinner. So that, game, that obviously will happen after that first semifinal comes to a close. All intern Steven could not be with us here today live in this studio but still with us at least on the graphic for the producer plays intern Steven feeling pretty good about Shohei Otani who makes the start tonight for the Angels in Anaheim against the Astros the Angels booked as a greater than a dollar and a half favorite but Steven believes that Shohei Otani will continue his run as Major League Baseball's best in terms of hitting home runs. He leads all of the bigs with 32. Steven playing, paying the short price on Shohei Otani to hit another long ball at Angel Stadium tonight, plus 260 against the Astros. Of course, a ton of focus will be on the right throwing arm of Shohei Otani after he was bounced from his last start early on July 4th after giving up back-to-back -back home runs against the Padres, allowing five earned and only five innings. He was removed early in that six from his most recent start with a blister on his right throwing hand. Again, Otani in the Angels, a favorite tonight in Anaheim against the Astros, minus 156. The Halos need to keep winning baseball games. They drop five straight entering the break, nine of their last 10, 13 of their most recent 17. Now they are 45 and 46, a game below 500. If they are going to make the playoffs, 
without Mike Trout for the foreseeable future, Shohei Otani will be the main reason why about 18 days, less than three weeks away from the MLB trade deadline. Now, the sharpest of the handicappers here on our producer playboard, that would be our graphics producer, Jesse Metzger, thinking Justin Verlander needs to do it for the Amazons today. The New York Mets need to start stacking up wins at six games below 500 currently, 42 and 48, if New York is going to have any shot of turning their season around, saving this season and making a run into postseason contention. The Mets, a tough start to their first game out of the All-Star break. They host the L.A. Dodgers tonight. Los Angeles booked as the favorite even against Verlander. Plus 108 for the New York Mets. Jesse believes in the amazing. They won six straight prior to dropping their last two against the Padres entering the All-Star break, but starting maybe, just maybe, to turn it around. You would think if there was a spot to start the second half strong, it would be with Justin Verlander on the bump against the Dodgers. We are going to talk a ton of Major League Baseball best bets on this Friday as the second half begins up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With an eye on AI in what the model feels as we get ready for the second half of the Major League Baseball season to start today, Shane Loison joins us live right here on this Friday on the morning after. And Shane, when you look up and down the slate today for MLB, what better way to start the second half of the season on the first day following the Major League Baseball All-Star break? There are so many good games with so many notable matchups, so many storylines, so many aces on the hill, so much to get to here. We appreciate your time as always joining us here on this friday on the morning after always good to talk some ball with you man all right so let's go around the slate because there is a ton to get to shane a game i was detailing because our graphics producer jesse metzger feels strongly about the home underdog tonight it's the mets in the dodgers city friday night lights at City Field. Justin Verlander gets the start for New York. New York. Julio Arias on the other side for Los Angeles. Shane, as you go up and down the slate today, how does the model approach the first game back for these teams following the All-Star break? Yeah, so that's something that's always a little bit interesting, right? Like the, the opening day, All-Star break, where teams can kind of reset, get the pitchers they want. So going into the slate today, I was thinking like, uh, this could be a tough one, but uh, once we broke it down, the model ran some numbers. There's actually some uh, some holes in a couple of these teams that I think we could expose. And luckily, like you said with the last segment, they were on the Mets. I'm jumping right back on the Mets today. Um, I'm going to go with Verlander. I'm going to ride the hot arm here. Uh, 2.19 ERA at home. His last three starts, he's let up two runs, zero runs, and zero runs. So he's finding his stuff. And an interesting little stat, you know, I always love ones like this, is Mookie Betts is two for 27 off him in his career. Two for 27. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm always big on if you could stop the top of the order, the Mookies and the Freddie Freemans, it's going to set the tone. It's going to give Verlander his confidence to get rolling. And on the, on the flip side, with uh, Urias on the, mind, on the mound, he's shown that he has great stuff. We know he's dealing with injuries, but it's just not coming together right now. He has a 1-4 record on the yeah. road, an 8.4 ERA. Uh, he hasn't made it past three innings in his last two road starts. And whether that's because the stuff wasn't there or because he was injured, I don't really care because either way, it's just not getting done. So I think to be able to catch the Mets, 
starting to play better, best pitcher on the mound, getting plus money, that's a perfect parlay piece to me for something else to be able to use them in plus money. The Dodgers taking advantage of an easy stretch prior to the All-Star break. They've won four straight, and because of the four consecutive wins for L.A., they are now tied for the top spot in the National League West alongside the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, the New York Mets are still six games below 500. They need to start stacking up wins. They did that prior to the All-Star break. They won six straight, and then they lost their final two against the San Diego Padres. Now is the time for the Amazons to turn it on if they are ever going to turn it on. The New York Mets, an underdog at home, Friday night, City Lights against the L.A. Dodgers. Elsewhere, around the bigs today, one of the best games, one of the most marquee matchups in my estimation, Shane. It's the team with the third best record in Major League Baseball, the Baltimore Orioles, hosting the team with the fourth best record in MLB, the Miami Marlins. That might be surprising to say as the second half of the season begins, but it's true. It feels like a good game, Shane. Does the model agree? The model agrees. It, it actually thinks it's going to be such a great game that this is just a coin flip. We, we got it at 50-50. So, I mean, if you want to grab the Marlins at plus 104, I would argue that there's value there, given that we're saying that this game's a toss-up. But the route that the model loves most here is going to be the over. And I think there's mm. a lot to like about that. We got Kramer on the mound. And, and Kramer has a good record. He's 9-4. and four. But he's hittable. The Baltimore scores runs. Their games get interesting. I mean, he has a 4.7 ADRA. Uh, the over is 4-0-2 in his last six starts. So you got four wins, two pushes. The games are always right around nine. They're getting in double digits. And he's been terrible versus lefties this year. I know the Marlins aren't the strongest left-handed hitting team. But he's allowing like a 307 average, 540 slugging. So pretty much anyone you could put up there in the left side of the box is going to get on base and be able to get something done. And then here we go. I feel like Alcantara only pitches on Fridays because we always get him on on, uh, on this show. But same thing here. We keep waiting. We get a little bit flashes here and there. There's not the consistency, and he's still getting too much respect. Like eight and a half runs to me, that, that number's just going to be too low. Um, 4.72 ERA. In his last five starts, people are hitting 312 against him. So it's, it's not like, you know, it's a home run to score something. People are legitimately hitting the ball off this guy. And then we got a nice little mix here with the uh, Orioles having success off him in the past. You got a couple of the uh, yeah. lower lineup guys. Uh, Frazier's slugging 750 off him. Hicks is slugging over 1,000. Uh, Urias is slugging over 1,000. And then you got Hayes and Mullins, who are both hitting over 800 slugging versus him at the top of the order. So I see good balance throughout, a chance to score some runs. And, and we know how Baltimore is. They'll score, they'll let up some, they'll fight. It's a nine-inning game with them every time. So really liking the over. Luis Arias is one of those lefties for Miami who had two hits in his two at-bats during the All-Star game. Of course, the best average in all of the bigs at 383. And Sandy Alcantara, really, that's been his story. Some good, some bad for the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner. Three of his last six starts, he's only allowed one earned run, including his most recent before the break against Philadelphia. But in the other three, the other half of that six-game sample size, 14 earned given up combined, five five and four so we'll see what that means for the total tonight at camden yards a rematch of the nlcs from 2022 in this previous postseason tonight in philadelphia it's the first game in the second half returning from the all-star break the phillies host the padres san diego actually a slight favorite on the road with you darvish getting the start how does the model break down this game shane in the nlcs rematch from last year so I was actually a little bit surprised to see that the model loves the Padres. They they absolutely love them. 
uh, almost to the point that we could probably play the run line, but for minus 116, I'll be happy just to take it here. Like you said, we got Darvish on the mound. You know what he's bringing to the table, right? Uh, his last two starts, he's allowed three runs only versus, uh, versus Philly. I'm sorry, not overall. He shut them down. And another thing here, like we talked about with Mookie earlier, the individual matchups, he's just winning against this lineup, right? JT Real Mudos, five for 23 off him. Castellanos is four for 23. Bohm's one for 13. Harper's three for 12. You know, as much as baseball is a team game, you're only as good as your starting pitcher. When he's going out there and dominating the people in front of him, it's going to make it a lot easier to, to get rolling. And then with the Phillies, they got Sanchez going. Sanchez kind of, kind of been tough to read. Like, the guy, if you watch him pitch, he has some good stuff, but it still hasn't all yeah. came together yeah. yet. Uh, he's an 0-2 record at home with a 4.1 ERA. He's a left-hander. That's one thing we like for the Padres is, as a team. Their power goes way up against lefties. Uh, against mm -hmm. righties, you know, Soto and Bogarts are getting it done, but you got Grisham, Kim jump up. Machado's numbers are through the roof. Tatis slugs way more against lefties. Uh, overall, too, Sanchez has lost two of his last three starts. He doesn't strike out a lot of people. So you're putting a lot of hard hit balls in play with Darvish on the mound. I like them looking 5-3, 6-2 type of game to get a win here. The final series before the All-Star break for the Reds and the Brewers was against one another in Milwaukee. The first series for the Reds and the Brewers after the break against one another. This time at the Great American Ballpark this weekend in Cincinnati. The Reds did lose the last weekend set against the Brewers, but still maintain a one-game advantage for the top spot in the National League Central. It's the Reds and the Brew Crew today in Cincy with Milwaukee, a slight road favorite because Corbin Burns gets the start for the Brewers. Shane, does the model understand the importance of this divisional showdown this weekend in Cincinnati? Oh, it understands it. And going back to last Friday, actually, we had Burns on the mound. We were all over the Brewers the same way we're going to be all over them again. Um, I talked on the last show. I thought it was big for them to go out there and, and try to get that win before the All-Star break. And now with the chance to come set the tone with Burns on the mound, you got to take advantage of it. Uh, the last four starts for Burns against Cincinnati, he's been shutting them down. He's never let up more than three runs. Uh, he's won three out of four of those games. The only game that they didn't win in that stretch, he only allowed one run. They ended up losing in extra innings. Uh, another crazy thing here with the individual matchups is other than De La Cruz being one for two, which is a 500 average, no one on their roster is hitting above 200 against Burns. And I know the Reds got a lot of young guys and stuff, but they got some vets too. And for no one to be able to hit higher than 200, that, that's going to tell them a whole lot there. Uh, Burns has won three straight games overall. He's finding his stride. He looks good. And then for the Reds, we got Ashcraft, who had some excitement last year. Um, his splits are really weird. Last year, righties were, were hitting them all over the park, uh, 323, 524 slugging. Lefties couldn't touch them. Lefties were hitting 232 and slugging only 263 against the man. Could not touch them. This year, lefties are 280 average and a 459 slugging. Mm -hmm. Righties are still hitting them at 298 and slugging 485. So it's not like he, you know, he's just doing worse on one side. It's not improving on the other. Uh, and he's ran up against this team one time this year. He, he let up 10 runs in four innings. Didn't make it through at all. Um, Overall, he's had three starts in his career against Milwaukee. He's been 0-2 with a 6.75 ERA. So, like we said, with the Brewers needing this game, their best pitcher on the mound, Ashcraft not really finding himself, it sets up beautifully yeah. for the Brewers to come out there and really uh, put their stamp on the second half of the season.
Milwaukee trails by a game in the National League Central standings, but is the favorite according to the FanDuel Sportsbook. Even money plus 100, the Reds plus 125. Our final game to break down, Shane, is a game where if you want offense to get the juices flowing to start the second half, look no further than Coors Field. A total at 11, but last night, Shane, the total was at 12 for the Yankees and the Rockies today at Coors Field. Carlos Rodon makes his second start of the year for the pinstripe. It's about 40 seconds left, Shane, in this segment. Does the model expect some offense tonight in the Rockies? The, mod the model expects some offense, and the model expects the dog to win this game outright. And you know a lot, oh. a lot with me is on the starting pitching, and with Rodon, you don't really know, right? We know he's great. He's coming off an injury. He only had two strikeouts in his return. If you're going to be putting the ball in play, of course, good things are going to happen. Um, Crohn's had success against him. Tovar, we've had a couple players, McMahon, that have hit the ball hard off him. And on the other side with Gomber, he's won three straight games overall. He's won his last two at home. Um, the Yankees are going to be, he's going to make you put the ball in play and make his pitches. The Yankees are up there. They're trying to hit home runs, and I think that could get him in trouble. The way to beat Gomber is if he wants to throw you outside, go with the pitch. Get on base, stack it up. Going up there swinging for the fences, not going to get it done. A full slate, a full segment. Shane Loison, thank you so much. More TMA next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Continue our preview here on this Friday on the morning after on SportsGrid to get you set with everything you need to know for the second half of this Major League Baseball season in 2023 in the opening day of the second half following the All-Star break on this Friday with a great slate all around the bigs. We now welcome on to the morning after on this Friday, Peter Apple of Just Baseball Media. Fresh off a trip to the Pacific Northwest in Seattle for all the All-Star break festivities. Peter, we appreciate Appreciate you joining us here on this Friday on the morning after. Ben, always good to talk some baseball. Yeah, I had to rock the uh, Seattle Mariners all-star hat. Something I'm, uh, Love it. it fits well, looks good. I'm excited. The atmosphere in Seattle was great. We are excited for the second half to officially begin today. And some marquee matchups across the slate, including tonight, Peter, in Anaheim. Shohei Otani gets the start for the Halos as the Angels try to turn things around here to start the second half. The Halos now a game below 500, riding a five-game skid, entering the All-Star break. In the last time, Peter, of course, we saw Otani on the mound. It was 4th of July in San Diego against the Padres. After giving up back-to-back -back home runs to start off the sixth, he was yanked from the start with a blister on his right throwing hand. So to start the second half of this season, today Peter what does a quality start for Shohei Otani look like to you today against the Houston Astros well a quality start for Shohei Otani is a lot different than a normal quality start of six innings three runs so yeah. for Otani and the Angels to win today he has to dominate which is which is likely right there's no Altuve in this lineup for the Astros there's no Jordan Alvarez in this lineup but I'm just unsure how he's going to pitch returning from that blister, right? We didn't see him pitch in the All-Star game, but we definitely saw him hit. 
I I personally would lean the dog in this matchup with the Astros at plus 132. I think if you're laying minus 156 on the Angels, you're basically relying solely on Shohei Otani. Because while the Astros, they don't have Altuve in and they don't have Jordan in, the Angels don't have Mike Trout in. So you're yeah. basically putting all your eggs in one basket, and that is the Shohei Otani basket. This Angels lineup looks a lot closer to last year's where they fell far below expectations. I'm not exactly sure if I want to jump on the Astros just because their lineup doesn't look good. I think this will be a relatively low-scoring game. I make the total 7.5. So mm. in this game, I would lean towards the dog, but I think the best bet in this game is the under because I think France for the Astros turns in a pretty good start, and both bullpens are, of course, rested after the break. If you need the Angels to start start hot, of course, you look at Shohei Otani, both on the bump and also at the dish. He leads all of MLB with 32 home runs this season. When we look at Shohei Otani, what we can expect on the mound today, Peter, the Halos are now five games out of a wild card spot in the American League, a game below 500 as we detailed. They dropped nine of their last 10 entering the All-Star break. So to start this second half for Shohei, for the Angels, for their run to potentially turn things around and make a bid for the postseason. What do you want to see for the first week of this second half for the Halos? Well, first, I want to see Shohei's velo be up in this matchup, which is kind of obvious, but we need to see him look as fresh as possible. And he has been able to dominate the Astros, but in his career so far. But this is an extremely important series for them because GM Perry Manassian is dealing with an optics nightmare if he has to trade the best player in team sports moving forward into the deadline. So, yeah. and then if you look forward in this series, right, you got Framber Valdez pitching tomorrow, and then you got Christian Javier pitching the next day. Now, Reed Detmers against Framber, I think, is one of the best games on Saturday. But if the Angels aren't going to win this game, which is still a toss-up, there's a very high likelihood that they could get swept. The Astros played really well moving into the break, too. So if they don't win this game, I could definitely see a sweep here. And then Perry Manassian has to answer the biggest question, and that is, do we actually have to trade Shohei Otani? August 1st is looming closer than I think people realize in Major League Baseball. Just 18 days away from the trade deadline in the bigs. If the Angels are out of contention, what does it mean for Shohei Otani's future this year in Anaheim? Many questions to start this second half. Elsewhere, we go to the National League Central, where the top two teams in the division entered the all-star break facing one another milwaukee won the series but the reds still have a one game lead for the top spot on the other end of the all-star break it's the reds and the brewers once again this time in cincinnati the brewers are a favorite today peter on the road with corbin burns getting the nod for the brew crew right now milwaukee trails cincinnati by one game in the division but the brewers are booked as the favorites to win the national league central i ask you this peter will the division lead change this weekend in Cincy I actually don't think it's going to change much um, especially because what we're looking at tomorrow the Brewers are going up against Andrew Abbott and the Brewers are one of baseball's worst teams against left-handed pitching so I'm actually looking to target the Brewers today and then I might look to target the Reds tomorrow based on the results of today's game so I already bet Brewers through the first five innings on the money line at minus 125 I think Corbin Burns is 
one of the more underrated pitchers in baseball right now. He is number four in Stuff Plus, which is a pitch modeling stat that grades each pitch based on a bunch of different metrics. So he sits right behind Shohei Otani, Garrett Cole, and Spencer Strider. And Corbin Mm. Burns relies on velocity on his cutter. That's very, very key for him. And this season, it has dipped below career lows. But in his last start against the Reds, where he did dominate, that cutter was back up to 95 miles an hour. Normally, this season, it's been in the 93, high 93 to low 94 range. So if he has that cutter velocity back, especially returning from break, I expect him to pitch really well against a Reds team that he has dominated in the past. Now you move over to Graham Ashcraft who has looked better in his last two starts and is a much better pitcher than his ERA would indicate. The problem is that against NL Central opponents is where he's really struggled in his entire career so far, even when he was great last year. And then moving forward into this year, he has already given up nine or ten earned runs against the Brewers in that, I think it was five starts ago. The Brewers excel against Carter Sinker, guys that's exactly what Graham Ashcraft is going to give you. But I'm not about to fade the Reds on the full game money line. We know they're late game heroics, and I don't see much of an edge in the bullpen. So I'm playing the Brewers early because I only want to tail Corbin Burns. I do not want to deal with an Ellie De La Cruz late (laughs) home run off Joel Piamps or someone like that. Late in games end up losing. So that's it's really a tale of Corbin Burns because I like him moving forward in the second half and it's more of a fade on Graham Ashcraft not trying to deal with the bullpens these two teams separated by just one game right now in the National League Central the Reds still holding on to that first place position the Brewers though Peter also only a half game out of the final NL wildcard spot at this moment only one could potentially make their way into the postseason depending on how the wild card shakes out with so much talent of course in the National League West and in the NL East but Peter when you look at the Reds and the Brewers as we forecast the postseason in the end of this year who do you think has a higher ceiling in 2023? Well, the higher ceiling is certainly the Reds, but I do think that the Brewers have a higher floor when Brandon Woodruff returns, which is still kind of up in the air, right? When you look at a Brewers team, when they have Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, and even Wade Miley, that's better than what the Reds are going to be able to throw out there, right? Nick Lodolo is still, you know, set to return later in the season. Hunter Green has been dealing with his own injury concerns. And then you really have Andrew Abbott, and there's not a lot left to really hang your hat on. But the difference is the offense, right? Getting Ellie De La Cruz, this Reds team has been one of baseball's best against right-handed pitching. Their better split last year was against lefties, so they can really kind of match up against either lefties or righties. And then in the bullpens, it's not that big of a difference, especially when the Reds in the back end have one of the best closers in baseball in Alexis Diaz, but so do the Brewers in Devin Williams. My one concern with the Brewers, which I don't share that concern with the Reds, is the Brewers were contending last season and still decided to trade Josh Hader, right? We don't know exactly what the Brewers plan to do with the deadline. That's why it's so hard to predict what the Brewers are going to do moving forward, kind of similar to the Giants, right? Both teams are contending, but both teams could be in positions to sell at the deadline some of these aging assets if they don't view their window as open right now. So to make a prediction on the Brewers, I think is basically impossible until we have a better idea of what they're going to do with the deadline. So just based on that, because 
if the Brewers do nothing, I would still take the Reds. So if you do have the possibility of selling, I like the Reds to win the division. And I am still kicking myself, Ben. A couple, I think a month or two ago, probably a month and a half ago, on my podcast, The Just Baseball Show, I made the pitch for the Reds at plus 4,000 to win the division. And I didn't bet it. Kicking myself. I'm going to remember that bet for the rest of my life, even if it doesn't hit. The value on that was incredible. And the Reds have done everything I've hoped for. But I also wouldn't count out the Cubs at all. I think this division Hmm. entirely is completely wide open. The Brewers, the even money favorite at this moment, plus 100. The Reds, 25 cents back, plus 125. When we were having this conversation very similarly before the All-Star break, Peter, because the Reds were facing the Brewers in Milwaukee, and since he had the lead for the top spot, I jumped in on the Reds at a plus 150 number. Again, not 40 to 1, but plus 150, hoping the Reds prevail throughout the second half of this Major League Baseball season. Elsewhere around the National League, a rematch of last year's National League Championship Series between the Padres and the Phillies. The Phillies got the better of San Diego, of course, in five games to win the pennant. San Diego, though, booked as a slight road favorite in the city of brotherly love to start the second half against the Phils today. Both of these teams, Peter, enter the break playing some good baseball. The Padres needed it. They won six of their last eight. Philly was seven games below 500 in early June. Since that point on June 2nd, the Phils have won 23 of 32 games. So where do you evaluate these two teams entering the second half? It's funny. I talked about on my podcast, too. I think there's value in the Padres to make the playoffs. And people asked, well, would you bet on their over win total at 82 and a half? And I said, there's no value there. Because with this Padres team, they either get incredibly hot and steamroll themselves into the playoffs, or they continue to flounder. So I was looking at Padres to make the playoffs at plus 310 over their win total, because I think the win total is kind of where it should be. You know, they're either going to go on this crazy streak, or they're going to fall flat on their face like they have um, in the first half. With the Phillies... They're a really, really exciting team at the moment. Their pitching has been fantastic. When you look at the top four with Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, and then Taiwan Walker, but they have a really interesting lefty on the mound today in Christopher Sanchez, whose changeup has really developed into this season, and he has a really excellent sinker. I think if you're going to lay the juice on the Padres as the favorite, you are fully relying on you, Darvish, to turn in an excellent outing, which he has not against the Phillies before. So I'm going back to the drawing board, and I'm probably going to end up betting the Phillies today. It's pretty close on that money line right now, working slightly to the Phillies side. It's minus 112 San Diego, minus 104 Philadelphia currently live. Peter Apple getting you set for the second half of the 2023 MLB season, continuing to do great work on the Just Baseball show for Just Baseball Media. Peter, have an excellent weekend. We appreciate your time as always. More of the morning after, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back to the morning after live right here on this Friday, closing out our two hours together, our week together here on TMA. Thank you for joining us all across the Sports Grid Network, Sirius XM Channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio. And this is the new Sports Grid app, the ultimate sports betting companion app now available for download at the Apple App Store. Scan the QR code on your screen. Believe me, you need the new Sports Grid app for a full Friday slate as the second half of the major league baseball season begins five star plays for you up and down the board what is the best bet you can find out in the new sports grid app it is smarter to be on sports grid now i'm going to detail a major league baseball best bet that i just had a conversation with my good friend our associate producer joe frizo here on the morning after about because there's some player specials right now that probably are only up for the next few hours before the second half gets underway players to steal a ton of bases or what their individual over under might be for whatever stat category including Shohei Otani who leads all the bigs right now with 32 long balls at the all-star break so before we say farewell and before we say goodbye it's time for bye 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 Again, quickly, as soon as we are done here on the morning after, go to the FanDuel Sportsbook, lock in these player specials bets that you agree with because they probably will not be available as games start in just about eight hours. Now, Shohei Otani has 32 home runs to lead all of Major League Baseball at the All-Star break. The Angels have already played 91 games, so he's not necessarily on pace for 64 at the halfway point, but certainly trending upwards of 55. Shohei Otani's over-under for home runs for this season, 48 and a half live right now. It seems like the number is too small for the guy that is leading all of the bigs in homers. So Frizo and myself say over on Otani. That does it for this Friday on the morning after live right here on SportsGrid. We'll be back on Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern. I'm Ben Stevens. Have a great weekend.